you will have a pile of white men who want to get their opinions out to you. It's so, so easy. Um, and then... Ladies, gentlemen, them, they, and all, it's showtime! <laughs> Although, uh, when we do say showtime, uh, we, we do use that term very loosely, as what we've got in store for you today, well, uh, uh, our presenters have really no idea what they're going to say because they're all unprepared. So strap yourselves in and brace yourself as the Some Nobodies present PowerPoint Showdown. So start that round of applause as we welcome this week's keynote speaker. Wow. All right. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another conference. Now, tonight you're going to be hearing from four professionals and discussing our topics, creating memorable characters. Uh, now, with me, as always, we got Dylan, and he's still a bit Dutch. How are mm -hmm. you, Dylan? I'm doing all right. I'm a little off kilter, but I'll be fine. Is that a Predator reference? No. Okay. We also have Mr. Fun. How are you, sir? I am having fun. This is oh. fun for me. Gosh, I don't like any of that. Uh, now, it took us a while to find some of the most interesting characters. And uh, I actually found a duo of people that create some amazing characters, and they say they're experts on it. And the second half of M&A Adventures, we got Mr. Anthony Peralta. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic, and I'm ready to school some of these folks tonight. Uh, oh, educationally yeah. speaking, of course. Oh, no. Do, you yes, do it sir. literally physically. Like, just punch them in the face and school them on how to be bullies, which we would love. Uh, okay, now, for those who are joining us for the first time, each speaker will be given roughly 10 minutes to present our topic of the week creating memorable characters and after each presentation there'll be a short q a from the panel and of course we invite any member of the audience to ask as many questions as humanly possible because that's all we care about is you and your questions now after the fourth presentation <laughs> the panels will vote to see which speaker was awarded the fifty thousand dollar scholarship to some nobody's university from some nobody's patreon members and the nostalgia prize of the week which is kind of a cool one actually i was pretty impressed with this one uh, after last week's garbage, uh, this week we're actually going to have hmm. a, uh, a a Bart Simpson uh, luchador doll, uh, El Barto. I El think Barto. is his name. Yeah, and he's uh, does, he have, does does he have a "Don't Tread on Me" belt buckle? Oh, absolutely not. He's got a <laughs> Springfield. Is that storming the Capitol, Bart? No, this is just uh, it's a Spring, Springfield <laughs> oh, okay, champion. Right. He's also got nipples, which is great. So uh, yeah, oh. fifty thousand dollars scholarship to our university. Uh, as well as El Barto, which is stuffed <laughs> with mm. some deliciousness from what I can taste. But anyway, um, we got some adus. I'm no longer having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got to taste this stuff, guys. I can't just be sending you all poison. You know that. Um, but either way, we got some adus. We don't care about them. Let's get on with this presentation. If we can have the uh, producers bring up uh, my slides, pretty please. Now, like we said, we wanted to tell people how and why, and everything else about creating memorable characters. Uh, one of the things is that sometimes it's for your own personal smut. Uh, you can't like your own smut if you don't like who's in it, and what better than putting your own characters in there. So when it comes to absolute smut, uh, X-rated, NR-rated, uh, even PG-rated smut, which is kind of hard to find right these days, but you got to have some creative characters to throw in there, some memorable characters. 
So I'm going to teach you how to make some memorable <laughs> characters for absolute smut. Next slide, please. Oh, God. Now, what we're doing, creating fun characters, they got to be fun, sexy, uh, and just dumb enough that they'll get you into, they'll get into trouble. Obviously, you got to find some people that don't know how pipes work or who orders pizzas. You got to find these kind of people. Next, you got to house them in our brains. Uh, you got to put them in a nice brain house and shake it up like it's a Calif like it's California and the big ones just started. You really got to put like a level seven on the Richter scale level earthquake in their brain. You really got to mess them up a little bit because if they're in smut, they can't be smart. That's one of the things that makes smut. That is the SM in smut. I won't tell you what the rest of that is. But thirdly, there's you got to lock them in there. And the story isn't interesting if they can leave the house. So make sure they can't. And honestly, the best, the best smut comes from people that really are just doing things against their own permission. They really just want to get locked up and chained up and spit on and just thrown in the grass, get grass stains on their jeans. That's my kind of smut. Just some green knees. Mm, give it to me. Anyway, let's talk about some characters on the next slide as well. Now, creating fun characters. That's number one. You need a cast of characters who want to hump each other in a, in a pretty believable way. Now, you don't want the weird kind of humping, uh, like the 66 that Dylan will tell you about uh, with the weird fishtails. You don't want any like the hair humping or the, the six-hole humping. You want regular, believable humping. Like, if this man's going to be coming here fixing my pipes, he's not going to be giving me any weird humping. He's going to be giving me some believable humping. So make sure that your smutty characters hump in a pretty believable way. And that's how you can retain you know, eye vision and get those ad dollars. So let's get on to the next slide about these smutty characters. Now, you should base smutty characters on people you know in real life. Yeah, real people are quirky enough. Everybody will be like, hey, these characters are really realistic. In the last smut, I had a character named, his name was Dylan. And that guy had some such grassy knees. And people were like, you know what? I think I've seen him before. But also, no, uh, you aren't doing this because you want to be creative. Don't be lazy. Uh, it would be lazy if I gave you a generic character. I threw a stupid deal in there to get his knees all scuffy. Here's some advantages, though. Now, no one's going to read your work anyway, so you do whatever you want. That's fair. Uh, if you're doing fanfic, if you're doing uh, podcast fic, if you're doing smut fic, uh, if you're doing non-fic fic, any kind of fic you're really doing, go at it, my friend. No one's going to read it. It doesn't matter. So make sure that Dylan's a werewolf the way that you have him in there. Make sure his knees are real grassy. And I have also disadvantages. You know, you can never tell anyone else or they'll think that you're a fucking weirdo. Uh, when I try to tell my stepdad about uh, this werewolf I was writing about with real grassy knees, he literally called me a fucking weirdo in my face. And uh, I don't have a stepdad anymore. So, I mean, it was a nice service. I can't say anything else about him. Uh, next slide, please. Now, number two. Housing your little jollies. Now those quirky fellows need a place to <laughs> need a place to eat and sleep, preferably built to code and with working carbon monoxide. <laughs> monoxide. Monoxide. Carbon monoxide. That's how you say that, right? Monoxide. Uh, now, there's nothing sexy about dying in your sleep. Listen, we want these people to be chained up, but we don't want them kind of passed out. That's stupid. Even though they are chained up, we do want their consent. And no matter how grassy Dylan's knees are, uh, I don't just not feed him. I make sure that he's got plenty of food. He's a werewolf. He's a growing werewolf. And he really has to get my pool clean. Um, but his health is of the utmost importance. Next slide, please. 
Now here's some features of Good Brain House. Icebreakers. Now your character needs to get to know each other, like the flavors in a good guacamole. You need the onion. You need the cumin. You need the weird bits of tomato in there, and that's how you get a good icebreaker. I'm not sure why you want ice in your guac, but that's it. Now there's also some initiating incidents. Your character needs uh, to want something, like each other, or at least their supple bodies. I want my own body so much that I get grass stains all over my knees. Uh, you can also do things like rising tension. There's romance, sexual tension. Somebody's libido is going to snap any minute. If there's one thing I know, when you get a pool boy around this grassy werewolf, you can't stop them. They just start humping in a very respectful manner. Also, you got to have a climax. There's got to be somebody, you got to give somebody else herpes. I just mentioned that in the last part. The resolution, though, the pharmacy has enough. A, a cyclover. Acyclover. A cyclover. Acyclover? You wrote the Can, slide. Yeah, I, but I don't sound it out before I write them. Can anyone help me out, please? Make him look like a fool here. I think it's a cyclovir. Okay, thank you. So here's the problem. The pharmacy had enough cyclovir for everybody. A cyclovir is how you actually say it. Thank you, Blue Shoe Nick. That's the resolution to Dylan, the grassy oh. werewolf, giving my pool boy herpes. Sequel bait. Herpes is back. Pool boy's got it. This time it's the vengeance. Now it's in my pool filter. Now nobody can come over and drink fake champagne in my infinity pool because there's herpes in the filter and also a little bit of grassy knees from Werewolf Dylan. Next slide, please. You can shake it up a little bit. Please, just shake it up a little bit. The vocabulary matters. Everybody needs a quiver or a pulse or tense up. Get creative. Sometimes you're looking at those grassy knees and you're like, I wonder what werewolf Dylan looked like with some grassy thighs. Oof. What about grassy lower back? Like, what if his tramp stamp would cover it in just straight grass and mud? And you're like, oh, I can't see those double guns and that sparrow in the middle. But it's so much grass. Yeah. And for a werewolf, that is sexy. That gets my pulse or my tense up. Next slide, please. Now, in conclusion... There's some sex things you can write about, such as what your secretary does when they put the stuff in the right order. There's some unsexy things you could talk about, like a grass-stained werewolf knees and his name's Dylan and he doesn't text me back. That's unsexy. Some sexy stuff is when my secretary, Dylan, comes and he reorganizes everything on my desk and he puts my little uh, clamper pins in, in opposite order just to make sure I don't uh, not grab the right one when I'm trying to. But it's all about making memorable characters. It's all about making sure that they have a subtle quirk not enough intelligence to understand they shouldn't be in these situations, but enough intelligence that I could just bring my VCR out and show them a good movie or two. So <laughs> making characters is about quirk, hair, and subtle smut. And if you think I'm wrong, prove it in these questions you're asking me, because I think I'm done. I have nothing else I want to say about that. So thank you for watching me create some smutty characters. Well, thank you very much, Zach. Um, I do believe I'm the next up, if if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, well, if, there's, if there's any questions, I would love to take those first. I mean, I know you're pretty excited about hopping onto your thing. So, uh, oh, yeah, oh, sure. Let's get with Dylan. I know you're still Dutch, but do you have any mm -hmm. questions? Uh, yeah, what are you wearing? Up top or on bottom? Eh. Uh, well, I, it half was rhetorical. That, half that answer is nothing. Uh, Mr. Fun, do you have any questions? Uh, yes. Uh, during your uh, guacamole uh, thing, 
Yeah. Uh, you, I think, uh, mispronounced uh, the name uh, Cummin, uh, especially hmm. when you're talking about smut. You said Cumin? Yeah, I was actually it's I was speaking in... It, it's pronounced Cummin. Sure. In, in America, especially south of Mason-Dixon, that's how you say it. But if you're trying to be, uh, you know, appropriate, you still say Cumin. It's fine. You can say it both ways, I think. I mean, honestly, as long as the dust gets shot around, that's all that really matters. Uh, Anthony, do you have any questions? Uh, yeah, actually, I was just going to reiterate the Cummin thing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But Mr. Fun stole it from me. Uh, specifically, I just wanted to say that uh, you're absolutely, uh, you know, you're trying your best. But uh, that's about it. Anyways. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. Uh, that's a weird question, but I'll take it. Uh, thank you guys very much. I appreciate your time and attention. Um, we have one question from the oh, audience, sorry. actually. How important is it is step siblinghood in character development? You know, it's really hard to find a werewolf step sibling. Uh, they don't really believe in uh, marriage, so it's kind of a communal thing. So you're like, well, you're close enough, and you're not incestuous, so it would be stepish. Um, I'll say that it's kind of important. Yeah, not not very. As long as it's just you got to cover the tramp stamps and, and you know with the with the dirt and cover the knees with the grass stains that. Oh, that doesn't matter. Uh, okay, so let's get on. We have Mr. Anthony Peralta, and if we could have the producers bring up his slides, because I well, think I, that I think that I think I think okay, the producers yes, we've got it. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much once again. Uh, I might have jumped the gun previously, but more importantly, I am gunning for a really good time here. So uh, first off, I'd like to thank the panel for choosing me. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Zach, Mr. Fun, and Dylan. And with that being said, I really want to want to provide an, an excellent keynote for creating memorable characters, which is something I am a profound expert in. I even wore a tie to prove it, uh, but specifically in creative media. Um, I think we're all just thirsting for some creativity in this world, and I'm more than happy to kind of share my expertise. So uh, without further ado, please. So first to begin, uh, we have to identify the characters. So um, to begin, we break this down into three simple steps, uh, motivation, agency, and then backstory. So to begin motivation, uh, characters need to want something like affection or heroin, right? Uh, some people think of heroin as like the, the lady character that they're saving, but no, I'm actually talking about the drug specifically. Um, nothing motivates me more than something I really crave. And so when it comes down to it, motivation is something that I think the readers and the uh, listeners and the experience makers, uh, we all want to believe that there's motivation there. And so there's nothing more gripping than affection or heroin. Um, in addition, agency is another really big factor in this as well. Uh, characters should be capable. Uh, nobody wants to hear about some loser weirdo. So we could talk about this all day. We can look in the mirror and find something weird or sad about ourselves. Uh, and nobody cares about that. So I'm sick and tired of people writing about their 
experiences. Um, those those lonely writers who write about being a writer in California, in Los Angeles, those losers need to get out of here. We need to talk about something uh, and people that are capable, specifically financial bros who invest in cryptocurrency. Those are the most capable people I've ever met. They've got the legwork. And so, uh, yeah, we should really get a couple more Wolf of Wall Streets, maybe Wolf of Wall Street two or three. But uh, anyways, let's get down to backstory finally here on this on this slide here. So interesting backstories help audiences get invested. Break out the trauma, baby. I love it. And uh, just to reiterate, I love it. I love the trauma, uh, especially when you're uh, kind of hanging out in a coffee shop and someone just trauma dumps on you right before you get your uh, caramel macchiato. Absolutely love that sort of stuff, uh, especially here in the Midwest where I'm from. <laughs> we really identify with uh, the trauma dumpies and the trauma dumpers. Uh, I've been on the receiving end, uh, talking about receiving end with the smut stuff previously, but uh, yeah, I just, I just absolutely adore it. So thank you very much for this slide, uh, but uh, I think we've moved on to the next slide here, so. Let's talk about character examination. So oftentimes when people talk about examining the character, they're talking, uh, you know, anatomically. So they're talking uh, their breasts and their hips and their legs. And I'm actually going to get into hips in just a moment, but let's talk about the motivation of the character here. We're not talking physical, but motivation. So I mentioned we have the, uh, the heroin or specifically uh, that affection towards heroin. Um, in addition, living, breathing, that's kind of important for folks too. Being flexible, not just with their time, but physically, are they flexible? Because uh, if you're not the baddie from uh, the baddie mom from The Incredibles, are you really that flexible? So uh, finally, we got to talk about those hips. Uh, hips cannot lie. Shakira's once said it. Uh, I will say it again and again and again in every single elementary school presentation I've ever done. Those hips cannot lie. So uh, next slide, please. Uh, don't be afraid to get creative. All right. As you can look to the uh, the right side here, we have this beautiful raccoon shooting. Pew, pew. Uh, nobody ever said characters have to be human. And I, come on, like, like, let's just think about it here. Birds, they can be they can be characters. Um, I could create a very beautiful fox-like character of myself. And some people might think it's weird, right? Um, but if you really think about it, we could all just be animals. So if you want to write about yourself like some sad boy in Los Angeles, um, you certainly can. Just make yourself a fox. Uh, anyways, next slide, please. The, uh, the adult banana scale of character interest. So if you... If you, if you look at this, this is a, a scientific graph of uh, the the atoll source or atoll. If you're uh, if you're just kind of you know not as big brained as I, um, but if you look at it, g times nine plus one. If you do the uh, the foiling of this of of, of this uh, thing, you know <laughs> you can get an equivalent of g x g nine g one x nine x1 and then 10 if you really break it down <laughs> that's all i have to say on this slide here uh other than get big brained next slide please so to make them memorable you gotta make them memorable okay the quirk the memorability does it work 
we're going to find out in this slide here. So the quirk, they think they're really good at singing the chorus of I Miss You by Blink-182, but isn't. So I didn't mention this before. I'm actually a wedding DJ. And when it comes down to it, people sing this, there's their hearts out. And that's a quirk that I write about often in almost every single one of my novels. I've written about this character specifically. And the memorability, it's about 10%, but does it work? Yes. And that's the safe option here. This is like the Wendy's of, of this option. You go in, you know, it's going to be a great bet. Do you, do you remember that Wendy's exists? Uh, kind of, but uh, yeah, anyway, skip over that. But uh, the other quirk we could talk about is, are they vegetarian? 45% um, yes. Vegan is a bonus plus here. Vegan hits around like 75% if you really break it down. But uh, vegetarian, that's, a, that's a, once again, a safe option. It works, yes. Um, but finally, the quirk of them not being able to read. Memorability, 65%, but does it work? No, because the reader won't be able to relate with this character because the reader's obviously reading. Um, so they won't be able to relate to somebody who cannot read. So that's what I have to say about this slide here. Um, but that's about it. So make them memorable. That's all I can say. Yeah. Now, come on. I know we're all thinking it. There's some important information for all of you dog lovers out there. I know I was thinking it. By round of applause, did you think it? So about 25% uh, of you, that's awesome. Um, so let's get down to the business here. Heimlich maneuver for dogs. Um, this might not be the most relatable thing to writing the memorable character, unless you're thinking about creating your first Sona character, which is what I mentioned two slides ago, uh, or sorry, three slides ago to be specific. Um, but this is what they pay me the big bucks for. In every single one of my novels, I write myself as some sort of dog-like figure, and I have my character choking on his words, metaphorically, okay? When, when he's saying something to his lover or to his drug, uh, drug dealer, he sometimes chokes on his words. And so the big thing here is we got to focus on the Heimlich maneuver for dogs. So whenever my character chokes, it might be metaphorical, but they physically pass out and they have to be uh, maneuvered here. And so you, the important thing is you take the legs of the protagonist um, and then you actually sweep them side to side to see the dislodge of the object. Sometimes it's an extra bag of heroin. Sometimes it's two. Anyways, keep going down to number three. You compress the abdomen by pushing up with your fist. Make sure uh, this is a metaphorical fist, of course, of, but... Number D is you need to give a sharp blow between your pet's shoulder blades, and that will hopefully do the trick. I have had written um, three separate novels where the character actually died from this. Uh, one of them was at prom, by the way. So anyways, that's the, uh, that's the end of the slide here. Um, but yeah, yeah, pretty special. <laughs> so in conclusion, I have to bring back the importance of this formula that I talked about before. So you, the, the main thing here is that you got to break out the Algebra 2 knowledge. You've got to foil it. So start CD45, and then you foil it. So you have CG, CA, CT, CE. I mean, you you get it. I mean, we, we've all been there. Uh, and the big particular thing here is don't forget 
to use your graphing calculator and make sure you're using it uh, in radons and not decimals here. Okay. So but, uh, in conclusion, I would like to say this has been illuminating, but I hope you've gathered what makes a memorable character, especially in creative writing and other creative uh, assets here. So uh, I want to conclude with uh, any questions first off. Good job. Right, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, uh, Dylan. Um, yes, thank you for the presentation. Um, yeah. <clears throat> already halfway through the uh, halfway through the conference so far, there's been a real through thread of humanoid dogs, and I'm wondering if you could just comment on why that seems to be so prevalent. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't want to sound too big brained here, um, but humanoid dogs is very important to my work personally. And I think it's a very underrepresented part of the writing community. And so I don't want to be that guy, but if you've ever seen Sing One or Sing Two, people are watching these films. They're obviously interested in these characters, right? But there's not enough literature text or podcasts or newsprint or I, I, I mean, like, I mean, you've got to get it right. Mm -hmm. There's not enough representation. Oh, and yeah. so when it comes down to it, um, the animal like characteristics of uh, these, these humanoid animals, um, when you really break it down, they represent what's deep inside of us. I mean, have you ever heard of Bojack Horseman? One of the most prolific works of art. Um, every character there is either a human or a humanoid animal. You don't see animal animals. And so this is a long-winded way to say animals are very important and often overlooked uh, as a source of material. So does that answer your question, Dylan? Uh, I think it'll have to. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I do see we have any questions. Am I? Uh, oh, yes, yes. Mr. Fun, please. Um, yes. Thank you for your uh, conference. I I was just wondering, I, I got very little information on actually creating uh, characters. It felt like this entire presentation was just to create some graphs that look like dicks. Um, I, I do appreciate a, a good dick joke, but uh, how, is that your character? Are you, well, are, you, uh, are you auditioning for something right now? See... First off, I'd like to say thank you so much for your criticism, um, but I do have to say I will work on that. But to talk about uh, the actual meat of this subject, I just want to say that, yes, I provided the graph specifically to talk about a particular kind of meat that is often overlooked when writing this kind of material. Uh, and so to answer your question, you might not have felt like you've absorbed enough of this, but when you really break it down and you're in bed late tonight and you're looking next to your partner and you just kind of think, huh, what did I learn? It's just going to come together. Okay. Emphasis on come together. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I certainly hope that answers your question, Mr. Fun. Uh, question, do I, am I good on time so far? Oh, you're, you're great. Oh, exceptional. Okay. Thank you very much. I uh, So a character named Zach, I, yeah. I do believe you had a question and then I'll get to the chat. Don't worry. I'll get to the chat here. All right, perfect. Well, actually, let's hop in there real fast. There is one yes. question. It's kind of pressing. Uh, Blue Shoe Nick would like to know, Mr. Peralta, if the banana scale isn't memorable, are you saying that we shouldn't care at all? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Sorry, that uh, that pun was very illuminating here. Um, but to, to talk about the banana scale, it's not that it 
isn't memorable. It's just kind of overused. Uh, often, yeah, thank you very much for pulling that back. So, um, you sh it's not that you shouldn't care at all, um, but you got to really, really, uh, you know, crunch the numbers here. Okay, let's talk about it one more time. GX, G9, G1, X9, X1, and then ten. Okay, when you think about it, the upper banana and the lower banana on this scale, yeah, it's pretty cool. But have you ever read Julia Roberts? She she rocks on this thing all the effing time. Okay, so I do appreciate the question, but uh, you just got to try a little harder with your writing. Um, that's all I can really say with that. So thank you very much, uh, Blue Shoe Nick. I really do uh, hope that you've gathered quite a bit here. Mm -hmm. um, and if you didn't, uh, make sure to uh, DM me in the chat. But uh, I'm more than happy to answer any other questions. So let's wrap it up with uh, a character named Zach. Did you have a thank question you. here? Yeah, I did. Uh, if we can bring that one chart up about... The, the memorable characters and if they actually uh, work. Yeah, the, this one, thank you. Um, now, would you please explain, so if you're making memorable characters and the percentage of memorability is here, what does it mean to not work? So, <laughs> that's, come on, man. Like, like, like we've <laughs> all taken... We've all taken memorable characters one-on-one, -on -one, I hope. If you're attending this, I, I hope you have some background here. But if not, I'll break it down for you. Uh, memorability is a percentage point here. And does it work is a yes or no, right? So memorability, yes. That's the amount of memorability out of a scale of 1,000 here, actually. Uh, we go on a, a, a thousand percentile here uh, when it comes to memorable characters. So it's a very, very tiny um, amount for like the quirk. We're talking like thinks they're really good at singing, like 182, common fundamentals right here. But the does it work factor, that's yes. Is it memorable? Uh, kind of. Does it work? Every single time when it is memorable, yes. So memorability, yeah, they can't read. Obviously, they're not going to care because the, the audience reading this material, they can read. So yes, it's memorable because it's not the most often trope, but I would have to say negative 10 out of 10 times, uh, it does work, which is telling you that it doesn't work at all. Does that kind of make sense? Unfortunately, it does. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is that people aren't ready to really grip onto this. Yeah. Um, they're not really prepared as a society. I think in the next ten years they might be more likely to adopt this scale, mm -hmm. uh, but just right now we're just not ready for it. So thank you very much. Uh, any last minute questions before we move it on to our next speaker? All right, you really wrapped it up. That's perfect. Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you very uh, much, Anthony Peralta. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's see. And up next, I think that we're gonna have uh, a Mr. Dylan. Now, I know you're still Dutch, but you're ready, right? Yes, I'm ready okay, to go. Okay. Uh, thank you for joining us for this presentation. I realize things may seem a little off kilter, uh, but I will try to make sure that this presentation lands flat. Uh, now, we're going to be talking <coughs> about creating rememberable characters. Um, I'm going to do it here and now. Rememberable as opposed to memorable. Uh, now, the thing is, the difference is spontaneity and creation versus recall. Rememberable means that you have done this already. Memorable means that you are doing it actively. And I think during this presentation, we are going to dig deep into the difference between those two and what it really means to do it here and now. Let's go to the next slide, please. What are the characteristics of memorable characters? I know what I said on the previous slide. Don't remember that. Now, you need a clear point of view. 
Uh, sometimes you may think that that is represented by just an open face or keeping your hair out of your eyes or not wearing a hood or sometimes wearing a hood with slightly slanted eye holes so that you appear to be an evil executioner or some kind of bandit wizard. Uh, I think something like a bandit wizard is probably pretty memorable. You think, oh, I got robbed on the highway, but it was by a man in a pointy hat who made fire come out of his fingertips. I probably remember that guy pretty well. Characters feel real. What does that mean? It means that when they hit you, you feel it. Pain? Sure. But it could also just be a gentle caress of the inner thigh. Uh, now, these highway bandit men, pretty easy to remember, considering how they caressed the money out of my thighs. And then, you need a deep backstory. Um, sorry, I'm lost in the thought. Uh, I'm remembering that... <laughs> Uh, we're going there. The deep backstory of the bandits I encountered on the highway. <laughs> that massage your thighs so yeah. much that you milked money. Yeah. Uh, boy, we're really touching on a theme here tonight, aren't we? I think that's really the basis of characters, is reiterating the trends that you see emerge in real life. This is definitely going to be good material for you to mine later on for your own characters. Let's go to the next slide, please. <clears throat> you do want to base your characters on people that you know. Uh, this is, of course, you have some potential drawbacks. Um, let's take Michael Colby, for instance. Now, you have a brain type. His brain type is number one. Uh, very much just standard. Not very exceptional. Like, one, it's not out of anything. It's just one brain. Uh, hmm. Could be any brain. It's just a brain. Uh, it, could, it also is known as type A, as in A brain. Uh, you have body type. Body type two. Uh, it's not the baseline, it's the one that has a little bit of variation from the baseline. So you click one over on your character creator, and it's like slightly different, but not so different that you get into the wacky stuff. Um, you need to go to type ZW for that. That's way at the end. That's where you get the real, like, real weird shit. Uh, <laughs> and then fetishes. You need three fetishes. Um, in this case, we're talking headwear, as you can see on the left. Uh grapefruits like but shaped as a trophy and mushrooms uh, and those fetishes come together to really create good characters and you should record this on your paper um i didn't have a whole lot of room on this so i just had to put it next to the fetishes but i assure you the paper is not in and of itself a fetish of michael colby's mm -hmm. it might be um but we haven't talked about it yet so yeah. i hope that um when it comes to basing characters on people you know i know that this was touched on in a previous one it is something ideally that you never tell people or also think that you're a fucking weirdo. Let's go to the next slide, please. Uh, in addition to basing them on real life people, you want to use indirect characterization. There are a few different ways you can do this. Let's say that your character has a drug problem. You hint at this by showing that they have a backpack preference. Uh, that backpack preference could be a chest, as represented here. It could be a backpack that just says, no drugs inside. Uh, depending on the comedic value of the show itself, that might be a good choice. If you're going for something a little more straight-laced, you might want to just have a backpack that says drugs inside. That way there's no comedic uh, misdirect. Uh, indirect characterization could also include movie prop collection. You could have stuff for movies. It shows that you're a nerd for pop culture uh, and that you are willing to spend money on frivolous things that are only useful to show off to people. Uh, number four, you have a favorite princess. Uh, Diana, of course, is the one that comes to mind. Um, I'm hard-pressed to think of another one right now, but I'm pretty sure that she was the princess of all of our hearts, so we don't need to think of another one. Uh, number five, a LARPing banner flag. 
Warping banner flags are important, of course, and it shows that not only is your character a nerd, but they socialize with other nerds in a way in which nerds get together and hit each other with foam swords. Um, give me just a second. I'll be back with an example. Well, this is unprecedented. How's this for great content? This is a LARPing sword. It has a frog on it because I'm a huge fucking nerd. Um, however, it also shows that I'm willing to socialize with people where we hit each other with pieces of foam and get dressed up in corsets or something like that. And then, of course, uh, the word of the night today, quiver. Got a quiver. Let's go to the next slide, please. You want to make your characters change throughout your novel, movie, or TV shows. Uh, of course, dynamic characters are very important. It's important to have your characters change so that way you're not just reading about... I mean, if someone's an asshole at the start, you don't want them to be an asshole at the end. Um, you can have a, a... There's so many ways to change your characters. I'm going to focus on three of them. Number one is the friend lesson. Character makes a friend, changes them. Number two is the love lesson. Character makes a, finds a lover, it changes them. And change number three is the age lesson. They change over time. It happens... Um, I can't think of any examples of people changing over time in real life because I think we're all children on this podcast. Um, but I'm sure that someone out there has probably, uh, put in the effort to change themselves over time. Maybe, I don't know, probably not. People don't change, not for anybody. Characters change. That's why they're yeah. fictional. Hmm. Let's go to the next slide, please. You want to make your, uh, you want to make sure that your main characters are at least as interesting as your minor characters. Um, you see this a lot in fantasy and sci-fi works where you'll meet a side character and usually there's some sort of mercenary or fighter or something. And everybody's like, Whoa, Jarlaxle's really cool. Or dark stars really cool. Nobody thinks dark star is cool. It was a joke. Uh, but you want to make sure that like minor character a, 30% interest and you don't want them to steal the spotlight minor character B 40% minor character C also 30% add them together and you have your little trio that when added together are at least as interesting as your Conan or your Elric or man I'm just naming like super old fucking fantasy characters aren't I Jesus um, I guess main characters in fantasy today aren't really interesting I mean Quoth from the King Killer Chronicles, that's he's kind of interesting. But all the side characters are interesting in that too. Good example. Uh, don't start reading that if you haven't already, because it's been a decade since the last book was released. Let's go to the next slide, please. Uh, <clears throat> so here are two characters that I love, and if they were to fight, what would happen? So you got Arya Stark versus Alden Ripley. Um, Arya Stark is the third child of Eddard Stark and Catelyn Stark. That's not true. Um, and then Ellen Ripley is a civilian advisor to the United States Colonial Marine Corps and a hugely influential figure in humanity's encounters with the species Xenomorph XX121. Um, is Arya the third? Yeah. Arya's, Arya's not older than Bran, is she? It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah? Okay. Never mind. Um, if they were to fight, I mean, okay, so it depends on when in the timeline they were to fight, but I would give Arya probably a 55% chance of coming out on top and Ellen an 80% chance. And I think that's primarily because Ellen Ripley has a plasma rifle and Arya has a sword. And like, if they're fighting, no matter what faces Arya puts on, the minute someone approaches Ripley with a sword, she'd probably just turn around and blast a hole through her chest with her gun. And that's an unfortunate genre convention. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. 55% chance to Arya seems pretty fair. She's pretty good at that sword. Yeah, let's go to the next slide. I think I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Now, in conclusion, I think that's what I put the slide in. I, I just scaled this up because <laughs> this picture was very small. Uh, now, in conclusion, you need to put your characters through tests. You need to make your characters go through times that make them uncomfortable. Uh, sometimes they need to get, I don't know, vaccinated if it's like a zombie movie or something. Or mm -hmm. like uh, have them sniff a syringe if they have like a special power where they can test drug efficacies by smelling them. I don't know. It's an original idea, right? I think yeah. so. I'd write I'd write the Chronicles of the Drug Sniffer King. That sounds like a fantasy novel. Is so that Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> I'd sell at least as many copies as Wolf of Wall Street. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I'm confident in saying that. I'm at least as good a writer as Jordan Belfort. Mm -hmm. And at least as good an actor as Leonardo DiCaprio. And at least as good a director as uh, Coppola? No. No, I'm not. Okay, sure. no, I'm not as good as Coppola. No, yeah, okay. no, you definitely are. No, no I am. Not. Okay, no, definitely not. Who did Who did Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, probably a Scorsese. Probably a Scorsese or a Chris Sorkin. Chris Columbus. No, yeah, it was, a, it was a guy who did Harry Potter. Anyway, I'm at least as good okay. as the guy who did Harry Potter, and I think no. that this really does highlight my own character growth throughout this presentation, yeah. where I started off mildly confident. And now I'm comparing myself to one of the best directors of all time, Chris Columbus. <laughs> Director of such hit films as Pixels, starring Adam Sandler. Anyway, uh, that is my journey through this character, Ocean. And I hope that everybody remembers it as you ask me the questions that you're about to ask me. Uh, before we get any panel questions, we're going to hop over to the chat real fast. Because Blue Shoe Nick would like to know... Mm -hmm. Would you say it's possible to base a character on someone you know while also debasing them? Or does that require the inclusion of an acid? Uh, well, it's great to have another science friend in the chat. Um, it's a sick lover. Um, well, you know, that's a personal thing. But uh, it's great to have another man of science in the chat asking these questions. Now, I do come up with some of my best ideas when I'm on acid. Um and I play a lot of Fortnite, so I go debasing people as much as I can. Um, so, yes, actually, I would say it is possible. Okay, perfect. Any now further we'll take, questions? Yeah, we'll take some questions. Or panel Let's now. hear from a character named Zach. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, really illuminating. Uh, there's one thing I'm going to remember. It's probably some of what you said, which I'm pretty excited about. Mm -hmm. uh, but if we can get into the one slide with the ninjas on it, please. He's oh, yes. Thank you. Um now change three the age lesson mm -hmm. would you please tell us any time a movie or a book has actually taught someone an age lesson uh the brilliant Zemex film forrest gump actually um which i know that all members of the panel are huge fans of uh no. Has it did teach several lessons to our boy Forrest, uh, including no, Forrest learned zero lessons in no. that movie. He took zero arcs. I'm gonna I'm gonna he insist that you let Dylan finish answering this question. Thank well, you. not if he's gonna just blatantly lie to Thank us. That's you, a different Mr. kind Fun. of change. Uh, he learned that life is like a box of chocolates, and that it's often low quality waxy chocolate with overly sweet filling which is far more expensive and marked up due to the holiday uh, saccharine emotions that go with uh, capitalism. 
That answers my question perfectly. Thank I you. I do. If you do remember the end of that movie, Forrest Gump winds up as a bitter old man alone, how screaming at children as they get onto a bus stop, uh, and shaking his fist at a god who has abandoned him. Yeah, that's definitely a, a lesson he learned uh, yes. acquiring a child because somebody else made a choice. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. interesting. Yes, uh, Mr. Fun. <laughs> Uh, yes, I was just wondering if you could uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Michael Colby's fetishes. Oh. Yes. Uh, I was wondering <laughs> about the grapefruit trophy one mm-hmm. and also what he could possibly have fetishized with mushrooms. Well, the mushrooms enable the development of new fetishes because uh, the psilocybin actually rewires connections in your brain. So if you take the mushrooms and guide yourself in certain things, you may find yourself awakening to things you had never considered before. Uh, The grapefruit trophy is because it's a grapefruit and it's put it in the microwave for a little bit. (laughs) Oh, okay. What? (laughs) Uh, Any further questions from the panel today? Nope. Okay. Perfect. Oh, thank you very much, Dylan. I know you're still Dutch, but we really appreciate mm-hmm. all of your uh, oh, expertise still? on fetishes. No, it's okay. there we go. Okay. Oh, you're no longer Dutch, huh? Okay. Well, up next and last, thankfully, we have Mr. Fun, and let's see what weird stuff uh, he's going to try to teach us about memorable characters. Thank you for having me. Um, now today, I'm going to talk about character creation. Uh, maintaining memorables um, and how I make original characters that kids love. Um, I have all sorts of uh, characters and uh, they're all memorable and uh, they're all for children. And I will get into a couple of these characters um, as this, as this slideshow presentation uh, continues. So if I get my next slide, please. Um, Now, here's the slide of contents, um, which is like the table of contents. But since it's a PowerPoint presentation, it's the slide of contents. It's sort of a play on words. Pretty funny. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you how uh, you rob other creators um, of their characters. The ins and outs of taking parts of other characters that you like and turning them into um, your own characters. Um, Later in the presentation, I'm going to brag. I'm going to toot my own horn about how great my characters are and uh, about how many people uh, rob from me and steal my characters. Um, I'm going to do quotes by an amazing uh, character creator. Um, It's going to be good. I'm going to do an impersonation of that person when I read the quote. Um, as sort of a character on their own um, and you're going to love it. Um, and then, and then kelp. Uh, I used a very bad font for this and I don't know if this is help or kelp. Uh, my dentist is a character who helps me, but also uh, encourages me to eat more vegetables, especially sea-based vegetables. Uh, he says they're good for my teeth. Um, so it's maybe I picked this on purpose because it's actually both. Uh, next slide, please. 
Now, the first thing you have to do when you come up with with a character is you have to create them. You have to think about what you want out of your character um, and what you want them to sound like, what you want their mannerisms to be. Um, now, how I came up with this original character is uh, I robbed uh, the character of SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, now, when you rob from other creators, uh, you have to change it up just enough so that they don't sue you. Uh, so this particular character uh, has a silly voice, uh, but he does not have a big nose, nor does he have big buck teeth. He's also wearing purple shoes. Um, so he also has weird uh, Joker uh, scars across his mouth, making a smile. Uh, this this character, even though he looks like uh, a nice, fun, colorful cartoon character, he's actually um, a terrifying murder monster. Uh, and again, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll show you a little bit later. Um how how he does all of his stuff uh we're going we're just going to go through this one character um i'm actually going to show you from beginning to end how to make a character uh next slide please now i robbed these original characteristics um from steven hillenberg uh rest in peace uh now the best thing is to base your main character um, on yourself. So the things that I robbed from Steven Hillenberg uh, and his character, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, was also the things that apply to myself. Um, very simple. There's nothing really exciting about myself or SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, square now this one's a little bit more obtuse uh spongebob as a character is square um i've been told you know back in the 50s when i was a teenager that i was a square um which means you know sort of a boring nerd um so you know those are the differences that i have um i i robbed that characteristic from spongebob um, SpongeBob is also a podcaster, and uh, so am I. I have uh, podcasts, and SpongeBob is known because who doesn't want to listen to SpongeBob's voice for an hour every week? Um, it, it sounds like the best, the best of everything. Um, and the most important thing is if your character is relatable, uh, then viewers might be able to relate. Like that's. <laughs> That's relatability 101. Uh, you make a character that's relatable and people will relate. And if they don't relate, then they're the ones who are unrelatable. Next slide, please. Now, I had to rob the realness um, from SpongeBob SquarePants uh, to make him realer. Uh, the character that I created um, robbed the realistic aspects of SpongeBob um, to make to make my 
character uh, more real. Uh, SpongeBob's backstory. Um, I didn't want to use my own brain to come up with a backstory for my very own original character. Um, so I took the incredible creation process uh, that they used to make SpongeBob and I just stole all of that. Um, now, the current needs, I'm going to impress with witty and original needs for this awesome character. So my character, uh, he lives in a mango um, in, in a lake. Um, he's best friends with a chipmunk. And he also has a friend who's an oyster. Um, he has a dog that's a snail. And uh, he works at the at the stinky at, at the stinky lobster. Um, it, it's really original and also huh, hilarious. I mean, quite frankly, this show is great. Um, now, during the night, my character does in fact um, wipe off the makeup that's covering up his scars. Um, and he does go around and he, he robs banks and he blows up hospitals. Sometimes you have to rob from more than one uh, source to make your, your own original character. It's really easy. You just take two things that you enjoy, steal just enough so that people are like, oh, this is, this is what this is, but not enough so that you get sued by the original creators of that thing. Uh, next slide, please. <laughs> you, you, I'm excited for this impression. Now, Bruce Lee famously said, Now, I'm sorry if this Bruce Lee is not exactly uh, how he sounded when he was alive. Um, I don't want to do anything. Uh, I don't want to do anything to disrespect Bruce Lee because I really enjoy the works of Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. um, and but he said, "Knowledge will give you power, but character respect." <laughs> and really, I think everything that I've talked about so far. Um, it, it all boils down to that quote from the uh, from the brilliant. Uh, I mean, we can call him a character. He was a real life, you know, he was a real life person. But but I think he was a character um, in his own. One of the best ever. Uh, rest in peace, Bruce Lee as well. Uh, next slide, please. Now, I'm going to toot my own horn. And I'm going to talk about the coolest characters I've made. Now, the character that I robbed from SpongeBob SquarePants, not very cool. As everyone knows, sort of the main character, your Cyclopses, your Leonardos, are always the worst character on a show. Uh, nobody, They're nobody's favorite. And if they are somebody's favorite, then that's a boring person that you don't want to talk to. Uh, the leader is always the worst one. You know, you're Superman's. Uh, so what you need are you need cool characters, secondary characters. So 
here are the coolest characters I've made. They're they're secondary characters on my show. Uh, the first one is a star uh, a starfish man, and his name is Cyril. He is an undead cheese sculptor who has performed several surgeries despite not having a medical degree. And really, can you think of anything cooler than that? He does use the same scalpels uh, for sculpting cheese that he does to do the surgeries. So, so far, everyone that he's done a surgery on has passed away. But he only does surgery on, like, background characters. So you don't even miss them when they're gone. Uh, they, they show in the show um they show him doing the surgery uh and you see the person still alive after the surgery but then you just never hear from the, them again um but i guarantee you uh 100% of them uh did pass away from uh terrible infections it, but we just don't talk about that now my second favorite character is cleet uh He's a friendly yet screaming conspiracy theorist. He he drives to work in an ice cream truck, but he doesn't deliver ice cream. That's not his job. His job is uh, he is the assistant to Cyril. Um, he's the assistant cheese sculptor because Cyril's job isn't the surgery. It is the the cheese sculpting mm -hmm. um, you you in the lake that these characters all live in. Um, the number one form of entertainment is uh, sculpture shows where they take these giant cheese sculptures and then someone stands behind them and they do voices um, and they move them around like they're, you know, action figures without a lot of articulation. Uh, it doesn't sound very exciting, but it's very exciting for them, for characters that don't have any television or Internet or anything like that. Now. The last one is sort of my favorite one. Uh, his name is Clam Meat. Uh, he's a fucking teenage podcaster who always knew that this day would come. Now, what I didn't tell you about this show is that it's uh, post-apocalyptic. Um, it takes place. Oh. All the humans are dead. Um, so actually all the animals on the land are dead. So this is the first step in evolution starting back up uh we're getting intelligent ocean life and stream life and pond life um and they're all you know gaining intelligence they're this is after they've evolved intelligence but before they go out onto the land and are they going to go out onto the land i don't even know that um but this is the clam meat is the first podcaster um, he came up with the mm. first podcast, the only form of entertainment that isn't sculpture shows. Uh, so Cyril and Cleet don't like him. Uh, he doesn't like them. He thinks they're old school. Um, and everybody, you know, it, it's sort of a tale of everybody split between which thing they want to see or listen to. Um, it's a very complicated world. And uh, I'll explain a little bit more to you in my next slide. In conclusion, uh, you should watch this show. It's called uh, Lake Bob uh, Underpants Boy Man and the podcasting of uh, Doom after the apocalypse in the Earth on 
inside of the water on the earth, but in also inside of the earth because there's nothing on top of the earth anymore. It's a long title, I know, but I wanted to make sure that everybody knew exactly what they were getting into uh, before they started. But if you just type in into your uh, search bar on Google, just type in inside the earth because everything on the earth is gone. Uh, you'll find it. Um, and uh, th this x-ray of my last visit to the dentist has nothing to do with it. I just wanted to show everybody because I had no cavities this time. Um, and the dentist said that I was a good boy um, and, and I flossed. And I just wanted to show off to everyone that uh, I got a lollipop the last time I was at the dentist. And that concludes my presentation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, I will take any and all so many questions. I know that there's going to be a lot of questions. Uh, but please don't ask if you can be on this show because no, you can't. Um, I'm going to take my first question <laughs> from Anthony Peralta. Well, you know, first off, I'd like to say thank you so much once again for choosing me to, to ask a question. Um, so inside the earth, because everything on the earth is gone, sounds like a very intricate, very detailed story. Uh, however, there's one thing I was very curious and kind of pressed on. Uh, you're talking about taking a very realistic and gritty approach, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you mentioned that uh, Rob's oyster friend, right? Um have you have you considered uh, a realistic approach where they are getting sucked and slash or slurped like in a realistic setting? His oyster friend, of course. Um, well, I'm sorry for any confusion. The name of the character is not Rob. Uh, I robbed the character oh. from SpongeBob. His oh. name is actually uh, Stinky Feet Boy. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, but yes. His oyster friend, see, in this world, the oysters are all sort of a hive mind. Um, so every oyster is Stinky Feet Boy's best friend, but also uh, his food source. So he does crack open a friend at least once or twice an episode and uh, just <laughs> just sucks him off. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was uh, that was exactly what I was looking for. I know what okay. I'm going to write my next fan fiction on. Thank you. Okay. Um, Dylan, uh, you're yes. slightly out of frame, but yeah. uh, I will take your question. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the presentation. You mm -hmm. said not to ask if I could be on your show. Yeah. Uh, do you are, Do you have... Is there a room on your show for more people? Uh, no, not currently. Okay. But... Uh, if you can submit a character uh, that we use in the show, uh, first of all, we will own that character and any royalties uh, that come from that character. But we will allow you to voice the character. Um, we do pay less than scale. Mm -hmm. uh, no no uh, union. Nobody who's in SAG is able to do the voices. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So we do, when I say scale, I mean, minimum wage. Um, it also, we also don't let anybody in the studio for more than 15 minutes. So you will be getting paid approximately $2 and 56 cents. But do you mean diatonic or chromatic? Yes. Okay. It's a scale joke. Don't it's worry scale. about it. <laughs> it's like scale humor. Uh, a character named Zach. Uh, I was also curious if I could be on your podcast. Uh, I am a member of SAG, and it's uh, well, it's not a podcast. It it is in fact a cartoon. Uh, we are going to be on CISO. Um, well, I'm, well, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, this right here says that there's a podcaster. There is a podcaster. Yeah, I, I want to be on that show. Oh, you want to be a guest on the fictional podcast inside of the cartoon that's on CISO. Yeah, the one you said was called Inside the Earth because everything inside the Earth is gone. No, that's that, the that's name. a real that's a real podcast. Oh, what, okay. So, what's the podcast that Clam Meat does? Because he sounds the, pretty. The interesting. podcast inside of the cartoon called Inside the Earth because everything on top of the Earth is dead, starring uh, Stinky Feet Boy, Cyril Cleat, Clam Meat, and friends. <laughs> Um, is called oh no everyone's dead and now we have to come up with some form of entertainment or everyone's going to go crazy okay you you can be a guest on that show um you never actually hear the podcast oh. on the cartoon but you can play a, a podcast guest okay you perfect. just will never have been heard from i i don't want to do that then um but we do have one question from the audience blue shirt nick would like to know mr fun how do you explain rob schneider um rob schneider is uh one of the least talented uh comedians ever on the face of the earth um he's now somehow worse uh, but he's always been talentless. Uh, he's never been funny. He's horrible to look at. Um, and I wish he would go away, uh, go inside of the earth into a lake and never return from there. That's how I would explain Rob Schneider. Okay. Okay. But he's also pretty, pretty. he's also uh, voicing um, Stinky Feet Boy. He's the main character mm -hmm. in my cartoon. Yeah. So there's a follow up question, real quick though. So you don't like it the juice? <laughs> you don't like it a juice, huh? I am. This is not the first time I've done this, but I'm going to call for Blue Shoe Nick uh, not being able to watch or listen to any of our podcasts. Um, I wish he would let it run in the background uh, mm -hmm. so that we get the views and the listens, but I don't ever want to hear from him again. Uh, well, so yeah. Blue Shoot Nick, um, well, until, why until don't next you... Until next time when he doesn't ask questions, Yeah, will, will you please um, answer this? Do you not like it a juice? Um, you like it Blue a juice, Nick, huh? why don't you get in Rob Schneider's backpack and go into the earth with him? But you like it a juice, huh? <laughs> okay, listen, that, guys. That, that concludes has... my presentation. <laughs>
With all the presentations given, each member of the panel is going to now indicate which speaker they believe deserves to win the $50,000 uh, special, super special grant award from some nobody's Patreon members, uh, as well as the Collector's Nostalgia Prize, which is obviously El Barto uh, with nipples and not a Don't Tread on Me uh, belt buckle. So with your fingers, I'm number one. Anthony's number two. Dylan, slightly out of frame, is number three. And Mr. Fun's number four. So when I count to three, please tell me who you think won tonight's presentation showdown. One, two, three. What the fuck, Dylan? <laughs> this is unintentional. I'm trying. Yeah, right. Yeah, man. You're it's actually Dylan's right. cock right there. Oh, awesome. Anthony Peralta won this time. That's super great. <laughs> gotta be on my, I'm not, it's my, no, 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 it's no, my no, only fans right there. That's a conspiracy. There's no way in hell. I don't know. D- Dylan's camera just fell down inside of his corduroy pants or whatever he's wearing. Uh, but listen, Anthony. Corduroy all the way. Oh, I know, all the way down. Uh, Anthony like Peralta, thank you very much for being a part of the show. Thank you thank very you. much for winning. Thank uh, you. If people listening or watching or just absorbing this through any kind of chemical means, where can they find you, listen to you, watch your mouth move? You know what's really funny? We're actually on Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you would go to absorb media. We're kind of there, except for uh, CNN Plus, because that's discontinued. But, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's a yes or no. Anyways, um, but the big thing here is uh, we do weekly podcasts podcasts uh mna's excellent adventures it's like bill and ted but better because we're we're just we talk a lot more than they do and that's about it so uh m ampersand a apostrophe s excellent adventures is uh yeah yeah what we are so thank you very much yeah uh, for the reference, that's not actual ASL he did. That was that weird inhuman version of Simon. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It I, just uh, shows what yeah. a nerd he is. Uh, and also you could tune into M&A Excellent Adventures and possibly hear Mr. Fun's voice. Uh, who knows? Because he's going to keep sending me emails asking me to BCC somebody else, uh, which is usually Look, Anthony Look, it's not my fault. You're the only one with these guys' contact information, and you yep. never give it to me, so... Well, I've been reprimanded many gonna times do? beforehand. I'm gonna keep asking for it until you finally do it. But I think that the only reason you don't give it to me is mm-hmm. because Dylan doesn't text you anymore. And you're afraid that if you give me the information I want, you're not going to uh, hear from me anymore either. Yes. I, I literally don't give you information to kill. Oh, gosh. Anyway, if people want to hear more of your droll, it's the opposite uh, of the last show. What, what, what URL will they type in? <laughs> they would put into their uh, podcast, their podcast receiving applications, Jack Billings Presents. And when you do that, you are going to find Jack Billings Presents, Me and My Neighbor Michael, which is our first series. And then you are going to find Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, which is our current series. And pretty soon you are going to find Jack Billings Presents Nailed It, a comedy anthology podcast. Um, So just type in Jack Billings Presents and you will get all of the good stuff. Uh, We are the only people making good podcasts. And uh, if you want to hear the good podcasts you have to listen to jack billings presents you can also follow me on instagram at jack billings presents um where we put up where we put up memes and 
uh, you can check out little clips of the Only Good podcast. Okay, so if you want to, if you want to find some memes, uh, go on to Twitter. Uh, Dylan Terry, where can people hear your Instagram, not Twitter? <sighs> oh gosh! <laughs> can I go, will you, Michael? Will you, let, will you let Dylan finish, Michael? Fuck. Go. You can hear my voice on all of some nobody's podcasts by looking up some nobodies on any program where you can listen to podcasts or look them up on that program. Uh, Silicon Angels, Twitching Upstream, podcast, podcast, a podcast show. We did a Lovecraft Country thing, CYOP Appeal, where it has a branch and storyline. And you can see my big flat head on all of these live <laughs> shows we do. No sure. Time to Binge and PowerPoint yeah. Showdown. And yeah. Okay, good, good job. I'm glad we stretched this out as long as humanly possible to piss off Anthony Peralta. But listen, my name is Zach, and my payment for doing this is to make someone give us a new outgoing slogan. Anthony Peralta, what's our new outgoing slogan? <laughs> new outgoing, that, that's, that's news to me. I would have prepared something. I'm going to say the classic, get it, got it, good. Perfect. Uh, Dylan, how do you feel about get it, got it, good? Good. Uh, it makes me angry. It makes you angry. It makes me angry thinking about you being angry because you're listening to music. And if we didn't have music, we nobody would be angry. There would be no wars. There would be no hatred. It would just be people reading. <clears throat> Thank you for watching PowerPoint Showdown. Today's winner will receive a $50,000 grant courtesy of some nobody's Patreon. Congratulations on your win! Join us next week for another showdown! Thanks for providing that big, 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 big prize, guys.